0: Good evening Sheridan Hills. We welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to the gazebo, uh, the gazebo of the courtyard. It's beautiful, beautiful weather this evening uh, just as we're wrapping up the day and settling down with you in your home. I want to encourage you to call the kids in and uh, have them sit down and we're just going to worship a little bit together enjoy the truths of the gospel. We're going to sing one of the great old hymns that's encouraged the faith for many, many years, leaning on the everlasting arms. God has everlasting arms that are never going to grow tired. They're never going to grow weary. And uh, we lean on those. We have faith in those, in the good times and in the bad. And that's what this whole evening is about, is the good times and the bad, trusting in the Lord. So Pastor Lucas, lead us.
1: What a fellowship, what a joy divine, Leaning on the everlasting arms, What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, Leaning on the everlasting arms, Leaning, leaning, Safe and secure from all alarms, everlasting arms oh how sweet to all in this pilgrim way leaning on the everlasting arms oh how bright the path grows from day to day leaning on the everlasting arms Lean and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms
2: I have blessed
1: me With my Lord so near Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms Cure from all of leaning 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 on the everlasting arms I love this song Shall I take from your hand your blessing? Yet not welcome any Shall I thank you for days of sunshine Yet in days of rain Shall I love you in times of plenty Then leave you in days of drought Shall I trust when I reap or harvest, but when winter winds blow, then thou, oh, let your will be done in me, in your love. Are you good only when I prosper And true only when I'm filled Are you king only when I'm carefree And God only when I'm well You are good when I'm poor and needy are true when I'm parched and dry you still reign in the deepest valley you're still God in the darkest night oh let your will be done in me in your love I will abide oh I long as long as you are glorified so quiet you I glorify.
0: Amen. I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. That has become one of our favorite songs at Sheridan Hills in the last year, uh, maybe the last two years, almost as if God was kind of preparing us for some of these events um i think god laid it on our hearts a couple of years ago to learn that and um it's great mark um how do you say his name mark outro is that is that close enough is that good um some of you heard that song for the very first time if you're new to sheridan hills uh we don't usually meet outdoors but we thought in in light of uh all of the things that we're kind of going through outdoor air is a good thing and uh, we still want to be able to be together a little bit, and so we're really glad that you've joined us. And we've just sung a great song. In fact, the lyrics um, are on uh, some of the notes that we've um, put out on the website. If you haven't already downloaded that, you can download that. Um, that song has uh, really become a very sweet song to us. And I want us to talk tonight a little bit about why that song is so important to us, and um, uh, whether it's really... Part of the popular movement of a lot of a lot of common theology in the world today. I, I kind of think it's not. I think it kind of goes against that grain a little bit. Um, and uh, yet it's so true. Uh, Pastor Lucas has put together some thoughts on this, and I hope you do have the outline and some, uh, some of the scripture that's there. Uh, you've been thinking about this through the eyes of Job and through the account of Job for us. Talk to us a little bit tonight. And you know what? Why don't you pray first, and then we'll do that. That would be
2: great. Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom from above so that we can look at your word and learn from you. Lord, we know that you put before us um, the path of wisdom. Mm. Uh, And Lord, we always, from the very beginning, we've had this choice, wisdom or folly. Mm. Uh, Lord, if you do not enlighten our eyes, we will not choose wisdom, but by your grace, we can choose the path that leads to eternal life. That's right. So I pray, Lord, uh, through considering some of these things, that you would help us choose wisdom, hold on to wisdom, walk in the path of wisdom. So, Lord, we pray these things in the name of he who is wise and wisdom himself, Jesus Christ, your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. So I think, Pastor Jason, I would love to hear a little bit from you as well, why you think this song is so touching and so powerful among us. Um, I think this song is true. I think that that's perhaps the main reason why this song moves through our church so powerfully. Um, I have heard little kids tell me, this is my favorite song from the songs we, we sing, to... Older folks asking me, hey, can you print those lyrics for me? Because I always think of this song. So it's, it's, it's across the church. I think it's true. It's true to our experience. We worship God when things are good, and we worship God when things are tough. So I think the main reason why this song is so, is so, is so popular in our church is because it's true to our experience, and it's true to, God, to who God is. Hmm. What are some of your thoughts? Well, as we some? were thinking,
3: as I was thinking about these words, you know, it's it's really counter-cultural, is it not? When we think about this saying, I so. shall I love you in times of plenty, then leave you in days of drought? Shall I trust you when I, when I reap a harvest, and when winter winds blow, then doubt? I mean, the the common thing in culture is, well, I'll praise God in times that are good, and then when I'm weak and when I'm worn out and when I'm tired, then all of a sudden I'm crying out to God saying, God, help me. But we fail to praise Him in those times and recognize that He is a good God. He, it says in the chorus, in your love I will abide. God is a God of love and he, he loves us in those good times and in those bad times. And we should praise Him for who He is in those good and bad times because He is a God that loves yeah. us and is a good God.
0: And even sometimes I think that in this present culture when things don't go our way when things really are tough we go why did god do that that's a common thing I and mean, how many times have we heard somebody say i was angry with god or i am angry with god um that that's a popular part of the culture um that you know god took away this person or god took away this from me or or you know that all these all these things happen um, and, I, I, you know, Prosperity Gospel comes along and says, you know, God wants you to be happy all the time. And if you're not happy, then you don't have enough faith. Um, or if you're not healthy, then something like that. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that I'm hoping will be good from this whole experience with COVID-19 is that maybe COVID-19 will kill the Prosperity Gospel. Mm. Because you can't hold on to the prosperity gospel and promise things that will not deliver. Promise things that you cannot deliver. Yeah. So hopefully Prosperity Gospel will suffer a fatal blow yeah. during this season.
0: I haven't thought of that particular idea. That's that's a that's a great thought and I would love that. I mean we passed around that video from that popular televangelist that because of his great, big, powerful prayer, he strung a bunch of words together, and it was very powerful, and he declared that COVID-19 was to leave, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all over now, it's good, you know. I wish it was that simple, but it's not. And that's part of this whole issue of one of the oldest books of the Bible, potentially, or, or one of the great, deep mysteries and truths of the Bible.
3: I love the ending too the bridge where it says so quiet my restless heart right all of us during this time are experiencing restless hearts whether we whether we want to acknowledge it or not right we're all wondering what's the next thing going to happen how's the next week going to be what's the next month going to look like and we we have these questions of I don't know you know we're constantly worried about what God is what God is uh, what's going to take place in the future. And, and we know God's in control, but in the, the present state we're in, we're, we're in a restless state. And here, it's just a reminder that we can quiet our restless hearts. And the last part of the bridge says, in you, right? So be still and know that I am God. We've heard right. that numerous times uh, as we've talked about this times, yeah. uh, these times. And so here... Again, oh, let your will be done in me. Yeah. Oh, I long for nothing else, and may that be the cry of Sheridan Hills—that we would long to see God glorified
2: in us. Amen. That's right. Share with us from Job. Sure. So um, I love the book of Job. Uh, different seasons. This book has had a deep impact in my life, in my family's life. Um, the book of Job is what the Bible considers uh, wisdom literature. Uh, it, it's, it's a book that's written to impart wisdom. And, and the big answer that the book of Job seeks to, to, uh, to give is, is the answer to the question, is God fair? Is there justice in God when we see suffering all around us? Yeah. And I think that's a question that, uh, that is in our hearts today. Uh, what is God doing? Is God fair? Is God just? And, and as, you, as you alluded to just a few minutes ago, this may be the oldest book in the Bible. Hmm. Yet this old wisdom is so present today. Well, really, yeah, interesting. The, it yeah. is. The whole Bible is a book of wisdom. It begins with a man and a woman in a garden confronted with a choice. That tree the book of Genesis represents a choice, a choice between wisdom and folly. Will you obey God or will you obey your own Mm -hmm. desires? And, and, And that tree is really the choice that stands before us every day, all day, from small decisions. Will I wake up or will I hit the snooze button? The tree stands before us. Will I whatever I want or will I eat what I need to eat? That question stands before us. The big questions in life, will I marry this person or that person or remain single? That tree stands before us. Hmm. Will I pursue this career or that career? The tree stands before us. Ultimately, will I believe God? Yes or no. That tree stands before all, all of us, every human. So the Bible helps us with this decision that the tree puts before us. And the book of Job helps us because the book of Job puts us in, a, in circumstances that are, that are real. Suffering is real. Will we believe God then? Suffering is real. Will we worship God then? Uh, suffering is real. Will I trust God? God's sovereign control then? And I think these are great questions for Sheridan Hills to be asking. Um, one of the things that we learned from the book of Job is that Job has questions, but he does not go away from God or run away from God with his questions. He goes straight into God and he wrestles with God. So in the first chapter of the book of Job, we have this interesting meeting, right, between God and all this... Uh, hosts, right? Angels and 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 heavenly figures. And in this meeting, there is the devil, and the devil brings a charge against Job. He says he will not be faithful to you if you remove your blessings from him. And in chapter one, we see that God allows Satan to take everything away from Job. And at the end of chapter one, Job worships God. Devil goes back. Satan goes back and says, "Well, allow me to touch him, touch his health, and then he will, then he will forsake you. And God, affirming that Job is a righteous man, says, Go ahead." and Satan goes and inflicts pain in, in job 's health. So we come to the end of uh, almost to the end of the second chapter of job and and, and Job's health is failing him. And here is Job and Job's wife. Job has suffered the loss of all things. Seven, and the lo-
0: ten children.
2: Ten children. Ten everything is there. And thousands
0: everything. of... Every, all his wealth. Right. Suddenly gone. Richest man to the poorest.
2: And his health. Hmm. His wife experiences the same situation, the same circumstances with him. Hmm. Yet one chooses wisdom hmm. the other one chooses folly and I think that these two characters in the Bible really represent what we can choose today wisdom or folly right but they both in a way represent us they both in a way represent what is in our hearts so I just want to read a few verses uh, at the end a couple of verses at the end of uh, at the end of chapter 2 where Job's wife speaks to Job and she says this then his wife said to him do you still hold fast to your integrity curse god and die <laughs> but he said to her you speak as one of the foolish women would speak hmm. shall we receive good from god and shall we receive and shall we not receive evil hmm. and now listen to the commentary from the author of the book it gives us a lot of insights In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Meaning, what Job said about God is true, Mm -hmm. right? It it is true that the providence that came to his life, the harsh providence, the loss of all things, and the loss of health and a nagging wife, right? All come from the Lord. And, Mm -hmm. And so we see a Job who models a few things for us in these verses. Mm. And we want to learn these things from Job. So what are some of the things that Job models for us? I, I would say the first thing that Job models for us is a fear of God. Notice that Job refuses to speak as a fool. His wife gives him the option, speak as a fool about God, but he refuses to do it because he fears the Lord. Proverbs 19 verse 3 says this, when a, man's folly brings his, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So if Job had no fear of the Lord, he would do exactly what you mentioned earlier. I'm angry with God. Hmm. I would say that's the response of someone who does not fear the Lord, right. Right? right? The fear of the Lord keeps us from being angry hmm. with the Lord, right? So, so Job instead ascribes to the Lord the right to be sovereign, right? So, so he speaks of the Lord truthfully and rightly. So this just, takes, this just reminds me of the great hymn, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my yeah. soul. Right? It's a great hymn to learn when you're not suffering so you can sing it well when you're when suffering. When you are suffering, right? right. Uh, I, I, I'm sure... Many churches that don't sing songs about suffering are trying to dig very deeply into their repertoire right now, and they're not finding what to sing. Praise the Lord, we have historically Mm. in this church sang songs Mm. that lead us to live through suffering well. Mm. So Job lives out these words from the great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. But not only that, Job also models to us faith in God's sovereignty. Job recognizes that everything we receive comes from the Lord. He does not say to his wife, wait, God blessed us, but now Satan is messing with us. God has nothing to do with this. Right. As a matter of fact, from this point on, Satan plays virtually no role in this book. It's done, right? Job wrestles with God for the rest of the book. And uh, so Job recognizes that God is the one who is bringing him both blessings and harsh providence. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, 7 tells us this, what do you have that you have not received? And the answer is rhetorical, nothing. Everything that we have, we have received. From whom? From the Lord. If then you received, then why do you, why do you boast as if you did not receive it, right? So, so God gives us, all things that we have a verse that should strike us today james 4 uh, as we look at our calendars right Uh, we should be preparing right an easter sunrise service who would have known a month ago that we would not be doing easter sunrise first time in how many years would you say decades
0: yeah several several years yeah. We've, we've done an Easter sunrise service on the beach. First time we're not doing that. Well, I mean, this is the first time the church is not gathering here for any service. I mean, last, last couple of weeks, but especially an Easter service, this is the first time in the history of the church going on 60 years, right. first time we've ever not met.
2: Right. So. All of our calendars are filled with activities and appointments that will not happen. Right. And this just reminds us of what James says, right? Yeah. James fifteen, J- James 4.15 says, w- We should not make plans and say we're going to do this here, today, and tomorrow. Instead, you, sh- you ought to say, If the Lord, the Lord wills, wills yeah. we will live and do this or that. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We're experiencing this right now in our lives. Hmm. But not only that, Job also models faithfulness, not only faith, right? But also faithfulness towards God. And we're going to look back in chapter one for that. Uh, in the midst of unimaginable suffering, Job monsters strength to worship God. Job 1:20 says, then Job arose and tore his robes, and shaved his head, head, and fell on the ground and worshiped God. Hmm. And I wonder, I wonder, would we respond the same way? Would I respond the same way? Would you respond the same way? Would we find the strength to worship God in the midst of great loss, pain, and suffering?
0: Yeah, we may tore our, ro- tore our robe, shave our head, and fall on the ground in despair, but he did it in worship.
2: Right, and the great thing is that Job, right, he's a pioneer, and we can look to him and be reminded, re- be reminded you can do it too, yeah, right? That's right? You can do it too. So, so he demonstrates faithfulness, that his faithfulness is not circumstance-based. His willingness to worship God... To serve God, right? Uh, To love God is not circumstance-based. And and Sheridan Hills, here's, here's what I would love to encourage you with. Some of us, many of us will suffer deeply in the weeks ahead. The time for us to prepare to worship the Lord in the midst of suffering is now. God is calling you today to prepare your hearts so that you may be found Faithful in the midst of adversity. So that that is our prayer to you, Mm -hmm. right? Just as the Lord prayed for Peter that his faith wouldn't fail, we pray for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And we ask that you pray for us that our faith would remain strong even in light of great suffering. And let this be a message that will live with you for the rest of your lives. Among us, there will be different levels of suffering, right? Some will suffer greatly, the loss of many things. Some of us will live through this crisis and will perhaps not suffer much. But we say this often, right, at Sheridan Hills, you're either walking away from suffering in the midst of suffering or suffering is coming. And and let this message be in your heart, not just for the next few weeks, but for the rest of your lives, for the rest of our lives. So what should we learn from Job? I think that's a, that's a good question. We've already alluded to some things. But uh, we should learn to fear God. And we should, learn t- uh, we should understand that God is doing something through this crisis. Right? Our fear of the Lord drives us to believe that it is the Lord who is doing these things. Uh, I am not saying that the Lord is the author of evil. But God meant for this to happen, if, if the language of Genesis 50, 20 is right. right. God meant for this to happen. So God is working for our good, our benefit, and ultimately for His glory. I have a friend that said this to me, and it was, it was so good. He said, Jesus is preaching to us right now. What is He saying? What is the Lord saying in the midst of this crisis? Uh, We should also remain humble before God, right? I think uh, I I just, I listened to some of the scientists talking in in light of this crisis. Nobody knows what to do. The the, the smartest people in this planet. Or they're conflicting.
0: One saying this and the other one saying that. Right. Or maybe even worse, they're not being humble as you're suggesting here. They're saying, we're going to beat this thing.
2: That's right. That's right. We're
0: going to beat this thing.
2: That's right. Not, not real sure about that. I, I don't but. think we would be surprised if you know, these things were happening 100 to 100 years ago. But I think many people would be surprised that something like this would be happening today. Right, right. Right? Science is so advanced. Yet the Lord is saying, I am the Lord of science. Right. And we should fear God more than anything else. Um. We should also respond, uh, I, I want to invite you. I know that many of you that are watching, um, maybe may listening to us for the first time, we love that you're listening to us. Maybe you clicked on our channel randomly. Uh, maybe somebody sent you a link and you clicked on it. And you're saying, well, this, this is really cool. I love this message. Um, but I don't believe these things. Uh, so you are an unbeliever. Maybe you believe Jesus existed but you don't believe He's your Lord. Uh, the message during this season, friend, is that you, like all of us, have two options. You can embrace Christ or you can reject Christ. That tree stands before you in the shape of a cross. And, and, and that cross cries out, come to me. Right? If, you, if you do not believe in Christ... Every wrong deed that you have done will be paid by you for eternity under the punishment of God in hell. If the words of this book are true, that is what the future reserves for you. But friends, we love you too much Mm. not to tell you the truth that Jesus died to pay for your sins. So you need to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. You need to humble yourself before the cross of Christ. And you need to say, Lord, I want to be right with you today. My sins have made a separation between me and you. And you cannot hear me, but through your Son, through the sacrifice that he offers, through the faith that I deposit in him, I believe that my sins can be paid for and I can be right with you. Mm. So friend, if you're an unbeliever, our word to you is, believe this message that we call the gospel, the good news that Jesus came and died in your place to take your punishment so you can be made right with God. Mm. Amen. Um, Job also models faith in God's sovereignty. If God is sovereign... Uh, there are two things that I want to highlight: if God is sovereign, we should live as though He is sovereign right no 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 fear in death right not, I'm not calling for us to live foolishly, but I'm calling for us to live, knowing that if the Lord calls us to be with him tomorrow, praise the Lord we're ready Amen. right I think this is a good time for us yeah. to consider that uh, so it's a it's a good time for us to to, to, to live out the Christian confidence, the confidence that we have in Christ. And we should also pray as though He is sovereign, right? Go for broke with your prayers. Since I realized that this crisis was, was really what it seemed to be, a, a major world crisis, I began praying, Lord, spare the lives of every member of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. Hmm. Will the Lord do it? I don't know. Can the Lord do it? Absolutely He can do it.
0: And we're asking.
2: So we're asking. Right. Because we believe the Lord is Amen. sovereign. Right? So we talk about the sovereignty of the Lord so much. Now we live it out. Right? Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, Job models faithfulness towards God. Uh, we're called to worship God in joy and in suffering. Uh, worshiping God is a discipline. Is a, it's a muscle that is to be developed. And right now we're developing it because it's going to be put to test. The time to train is now. So let us worship the Lord regardless of the circumstances. Finally, Jesus is the ultimate model of honoring the Father in the midst of suffering. The very last words that Jesus spoke before he died on the cross were these. Then Jesus. Calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirits. In other words, I entrust myself to you. Mm-hmm. And having said this, he breathed his last. So just in a few days, we're going to be observing Good Friday. These are the words that Jesus uttered that day. And these are words of worship. Jesus, his, his, life, is, his life is fleeting his body, leaving his body. And what does Jesus do? He commits himself to the yeah. Father. So our Master leaves us an example to be followed. Not only did He die in our place, right, our substitutes, He also died to leave us an example of a life to be lived well.
0: Mm. So mm. I think these are the things that Job Powerful. teaches us today. Powerful, and even as you say that, He does that at the most dire Moment at the last moment of Christ's life, he is commending himself to God, he is trusting in the Father. And uh, what a glorious example for us, not only in Job, but also in Jesus and in example after example after example of those who have trusted in God right up to the very end. Many examples in Christian history that's one of the great things about Christian history. Uh, that we have studied in the life of the church throughout the ages. Um, we've, we've sought to look at um, different um, key figures who very often, even under great suffering, um, were faithful all the, all the way to the end. I think of Marie Durand, who lived not far from where we lived in France. And she, she spent 37 years in a tower, in a cold dungeon tower, um, because she would not recant um, her belief in Christ alone as the way of salvation, um, and uh, which, was, which was just a beautiful statement of 37 years of faith in the Lord in the midst of great trouble. She remained faithful all the way through. Um, when you mentioned that, that issue of the tree uh, in the Garden of Eden, um, and this, this picture of wisdom or not wisdom, and then Job, his wife versus him, wisdom or not wisdom. I think of all of these uh, kind of digital options shown to us throughout the Scripture, even Cain and Abel. Um, and we, we look um, at Psalm 1, the righteous and the wicked, um, and just over and over and over again. We look at the cross of Christ, the criminal on one side, who confesses him, the criminal on the other side who denies him and rejects him. Um, Over and over and over again, we see the same message of the Bible. My friends, the Bible fits together like lock and key. The great message of God is like lock and key. The whole thing makes perfect sense. We've just got to take the time to spend time in it. Thank you, Pastor Lucas, for helping us. Deeply think about that. I want to encourage you to go and take the notes. If you haven't printed out the notes, we really want to encourage you to do that. Take it, meditate on that, go look through it, and ask yourself Am I someone who has embraced wisdom, or am I somehow running in my folly and in my foolishness? Maybe you would say, Well, pastors, that's kind of hard on me when you're talking about being angry with God. I've been angry with God. Well, we want to commend you in love not to be angry with God, but to fear Him instead. And to run to him and trust. Um, I've told many times about when my girls, when I would catch them doing something wrong, they feared me. But what did they do when they feared me and I just caught them and doing something wrong? Many times they ran to me in, as they began to cry. They, they were running to the one that would love them and correct them and care for them even in their folly so um, let's pray together um, we want to continue to pray um, for um, just the the whole circumstance of our church and the medical workers uh, many people in our church serve in the medical community um, at memorial and cleveland and various other other hospitals around the area here and we want to continue to lift them to the lord uh, church family we want to encourage you to be using these days just very strategically. I saw today where some of our staff members were just inviting lots of people to come online and visit online our church, and people are doing it. And remember, this is Easter. People expect Christians to invite them to church at Easter. In fact, uh, Gallup polls shows us that the average person in America expects to be invited to church at Easter time and when that doesn't happen by somebody who claims to be a Christian, the perception is that must not be a very serious Christian. They didn't invite me to church. So I want to encourage you, um, the person that's around you at work or your family member or your friends that are around you, um, they're, they're waiting very often for an invitation. Send them a link. Uh, say, hey, our family's watching this. I want to encourage you to do it. I can guarantee you it's going to be pertinent. Um, Friday night is going to be a glorious time around the Seder Passover meal, Life in the Messiah, presented with Stephen Coffin, who's a member of our church, um, who's on staff with Life in the Messiah. Uh, Don't miss it. Um, It'll be just go to the website. You'll see the link there. You can click on the link, and our church family is going to be really coming and savoring, looking, learning together about the beautiful picture of the gospel through the Passover meal and through the Seder and all of its meaning as Christians. So I want to encourage you um, to be a part of that. That's this Friday night, Good Friday. And then also, don't forget Sunday morning is going to be something that you've never seen before. And I promise that Um, it's going to be a glorious time. Really want to encourage you, uh, invite people to come uh, the whole picture of the gospel, for some people, I think is going to come together when we look at the eternal impact of the resurrection. Um, we're gonna, that's, that's really what we're going to be looking at is what is the eternal impact? What is the big picture impact of why and how and the, the reason that Jesus rose from the dead? Um, I, I think that our church is going to be blessed. So let's bow for the Lord, to the Lord in prayer. Uh, before you go into the night. And uh, I want to encourage you to take those notes, talk about it as a family, and pray about these things as well uh, before you go to sleep tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray that uh, tonight, that as we have been challenged with the example of Job and his wife, that we would choose the way of faith in fearing you in a holy and reverent way. Father, that you would give us the grace to trust you in these difficult times. Lord, help us in this, I pray. Lord, for those of us that are really dealing with fear, Lord, I pray that we would just turn our fear toward you, recognizing, Lord, that you are great and powerful and an awesome God. And Lord, when we savor that, when we think about you and your greatness, and yet also in your love, Lord, that we can find all of the shelter that we need in you. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that the oldest book in the Bible deals with one of the biggest questions that man has, Um, this issue and this mystery of pain and suffering and evil. Father, I thank you that um, from the very beginning, you all along have been answering this in such a beautiful way that invites us to come and find real solace, all in our grand and glorious God, who's a loving God. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great night. We look forward to seeing you Friday night and Sunday morning.